So, last week, we, we spent a little bit of time uh, examining the year that was in 2019. And we did some, some pretty heavy lifting uh, as, as we examined our, our devotion, as we examined our, our love, as we examined our attitudes, as, as we thought about the year that was and as we started looking towards the year that will be, and if you didn't know, it's already happening, uh, regardless if you wanted it to or not. And in my prayer for you all week was that you would take the time to ask God some hard questions. We ended in this beautiful psalm uh, where David says, search me and know me. He says, God, you, you've, you know everything about me. He says, there's no place that I can go where you're not there. And I told you that, that as I've gotten older, the, that psalm has changed dramatically in my life. Because when I used to think that God was out to get me, I, I learned that I wanted to hide from Him. But then I read my Bible, and I spent some time with some people who deeply love God, and what I found was that the fact that God is everywhere, and He sees everything, and He cares about me, should draw me to worship in those moments when I realize how intimately close He is to me. And so, my prayer for us really all week was that we would say, God, speak to me. Examine my heart so that holiness matters more to me than happiness at times. That, that help me see the enormity of, of the price that you have paid to send your son to rescue me. That's, that's been my prayer for us. And I apologize for ending the year with some heavy lifting. I know you may have wanted something light and fluffy, and that just doesn't seem to be our style, it seems. So this morning, if you were anticipating non-heavy lifting, I regret to inform you that we're going to do some heavy lifting. There's this couple times in, in the Old Testament where uh, you see this pattern go with, with the people of God, with the Israelites, that, that there's these seasons when their hearts are God's and they, they celebrate Him and they love Him and God provides for them and they, they don't forget it. And then eventually what happens is in the movement of their lives, they forget to give God the glory that He is due. Or maybe they don't forget, they're just unwilling to do that, and God brings this very uh, consistent warning: "Hey, you can't do life without me. You can't do life without me. You can't do life without me." And at some point, the Israelites will look at God and say, "Hey, we can do life without you." And God will say, "Okay, try." And every single time that God says, "Okay, try," they end up in this place where eventually they cry out to God. And because He has promised them His presence, He returns and He blesses. And there's a few times in the mix of this pattern, uh, a prophet will, will be brought up. 
and, and there's a few times that I think it's, it's crazy that they will walk into like this library filled with dust and they will open up the, the word of God and they will they'll blow the dust off and then they'll be like, oh my gosh, guys, this is the, this is the problem. We've, we've forsaken this word. And in forsaking the word, we've forsaken the word that God has told us about how he has told us to live life. And so they will dust off the scrolls and they will read it. They would read it out loud and the people would repent. And they would render their hearts. They would consecrate themselves unto the Lord And I remember every time I read those, I'm like, what is wrong with these people? Like, how could they forget these incredible words that God has given them? This gift that the, that the Holy Father would speak to them is imaginable. It's unimaginable. And then I'll come across verses in my Bible that I will have forgotten. And God so mercifully will bring it to light. And almost as if it's a brand new gift to me. And it always happens at the exact moment when, when I really do need it the most. I just don't know it because I'm an idiot most of the time. In these last couple of weeks, there's been a verse that the Holy Spirit's kind of brought back to my remembrance. And it's funny because it's such a powerful verse. And what I want to do this morning is gift it to us. Not that I created it, but I wanted to share it. And in it, we're going to spend some time in, in prayer. And we're going to allow this declaration that we find to shape how we think today. And prayerfully how we Think this year about God and about ourselves and about the opportunities and the circumstances and as we got to sit and listen to a prayer being sung that you're making new wine. I love it, the fact that the Bible says that His mercies are new every morning. That every morning we wake up with this new mercy from God. In Isaiah chapter 26, there's this, this declaration that is spoken on behalf of the people of Israel, on behalf of the children of God. I learned it in the NIV, and so that's how I'm going to share it with you. And it's simply these words, Yes, Lord, Walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. For your name and your renown are the desires of our hearts. I can think of no, no declaration more fitting for the people of God than simply this. Yes, Lord. Walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. For your name and your renown are the desire 
of our hearts. So now here's the heavy lifting we're going to do today. We're going to start at the the beginning of that. And we're going to take some time to pray. And then we're going to go to the next line. Take some time to pray. The next line. Take some time to pray. And so we're, we're going to do it this way. Like we're going to make this up as we go. Alright? So, so James, Troy, Mark, Corbett. Okay? So Mark, I want you in the back over there. Troy, I want you up here. Corbett in the back over there. James over on this side. Um, and what I'd like us to do, and you have permission to do this, because Chris can't tell us not to, all right? I, I want you to take your chair with you, and I want you to go to one of those corners. So if you're already in that back corner, I'd like you to stay in that back corner. Are you with? All right, in fact, we're going to add a fifth one. Keith, can you come right here into the center, okay? And I want you to take your chairs, and then I want you just to kind of make a circle where you're at. Can you, can you do that? And hold on. Can everybody agree that this is a little weird right now? All right, can we do that? All right, and if your people that you're with seem like they don't know what's going on, it's because they don't. Uh, we're doing this on the fly. So let's, let's do that now. So here, here's where I'd like us to start. What The activity, I guess, we're going to end up doing here is we're going to pray as a group. Now, here's the thing. You say, I don't come to church to pray out loud. I'm with you. That's fine. Okay? Nobody's going to force you to do that. Okay? But in your group, the guys that I designated, uh, they're going to end up being kind of your group facilitator. Okay? So that means when there's the most awkward of silences, that's when they will pray to finish out their group. When you are done in your group, just give me a thumbs up. That way I can know when to move along. Okay? But we're going to start with this. Yes. Lord. That's, that's the question on the table, right? That's the answer to the question that's on the table. Yes, Lord. This is the posture of the Christian. That, that whatever, wherever, however God directs, we be the people who are willing to go. That those words... Uh, they, they can sound really good at pep rally moments like at church services. But they can take on a completely different meaning when God is calling more from us and, and more from our church. And, and now here's what I know. There are, there are deficiencies that we face in our congregation. And the number one deficiency we have is that we don't see people who are far from God find life in Jesus near enough. And what we have to understand is that's, that's what God has created, gifted us to be. People who are ambassadors of the ministry of reconciliation. That we would be part of God pleading with people to return to Him. And there have been opportunities this year in your life, if you call Jesus your, your Lord and Savior, there have been opportunities this year for you to tell someone about how great He is. God has given you people that He says, I want you to speak to them. 
And we've said, no, Lord. And so what if, what if this year we simply said, yes, Lord, to every opportunity? That we would be willing to speak of the greatness and the goodness and the love of the Father expressed through Jesus. Yes, Lord, moves us from discussion into action. It moves our church from being just a nice place with some nice people to seeing God's Spirit moving in us, through us, around us. And, and so as we say, yes, Lord, maybe, maybe a, a way we can also think about it is simply, uh, where is God telling you to step into? Where is God telling you to step away from? What gap is God telling you to step and stand in? So here's what I'd like us to do, because we, we are called as a church to spur one another on in love and good deeds. That we would not forsake the fellowship, instead that we would encourage one another. So I'm not encouraging us to have group therapy time. Again, this is specifically prayer time. And what I would pray or ask you to do is that you would pray for the people around you that the Spirit of God would give us boldness and courage to say yes to the adventures of God. So yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws. We have, we have a love-hate relationship with the Word of God. I know that might sound weird coming from a church, but, but we do. Because let's be honest, what we really want is to do things our way, in our time, according to our own standards and desires. And to willingly come in and say, God, we, we want to walk in a way that is contrary to our own desire. Sounds like insanity. But yet here we are in Isaiah 26. Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws. And walking in the way of your laws is not intended to restrict freedom. This is what I hope you understand today. It's not intended to restrict freedom, but rather to teach us how to operate in freedom. Like one of the greatest gifts we find in the book of Exodus is God gifting the people the law. Because in it, it taught them how to be kind people. They didn't know that. They ran around acting like three-year-olds, pushing and stealing and clawing and doing whatever they wanted to do. And God gave them in the law this, this standard of saying, not only is this how you operate as a society, but this is how you live in a way that pleases me. And so, we tend to think of this so backwards that the key to understanding the freedom found of walking in the way of God's law is developing a greater trust in God. That when we understand that, that God gives us His law, not as a way to restrict us,
but a way to liberate us. The only path that we have left to choose there is to trust that He knows more than we do. That He has a, a greater scope on, the, on our lives than, than we do. And what I find is that the more I trust Him, the more willing I am to submit to His way. Because I think when, when love is felt, trust is established. And walking in obedience shouldn't be done in reluctance as if there was something clearly better on the other side. That God's law serves us as a light that exposes the emptiness of many of our worldly pursuits. Now the way we find God's law isn't by sitting around one another saying, hey, what do you think about this and what do you think about that? The gift of His Word is powerful. And in order for us to be a people who say, yes, Lord, walking in the way of Your laws, we have to be a people of His Word. And so, now that we kind of have a good idea of how this game is going to work, our next thing we want to pray about is that this year we would be a people who desire His Word, who care about His Word, who want to live according to His Word. One of the biggest prayers we can pray for one another is that we would grow in our discipline of pursuing God through the Bible. Let's do that now. Yes, Lord. Walking in the ways of your laws, we wait for you. We wait for you. It's a great reminder that it's entirely possible to try to take on this year by yourself. That you could try to be in control. You could try to orchestrate circumstances. You could try to create opportunities. But yet, this phrase, we wait for you, it leaves us with the, the thought of it being a choice as if any other choice would be a better one. That we wait for you to move and to lead and to provide and to perform miracles, to fill us up, to help us experience and help us live out this love that you've given us. We wait for you. And I wonder how often we short-circuit in a way, or, or I wonder how, how often we experience a lesser reward because of our unwillingness to wait for God to move. Like I think about with my kids that there's times that they need me, they need my help to do something. And typically when they try to do it on their own, they might accomplish the task but not as well. Maybe if they would just simply wait 
for them to be part of the equation, how much happier they would be through it. And so we wait for you. We're going to do this one just a little bit different. Nobody's going to pray out loud. We're just going to sit for about four minutes. And what I'd ask you to do is you just simply ask God, Father, we wait for you. Then you just listen. You just ask Him to speak. Then you pay attention to what He says. Let's do that now. Yes, Lord. Walking in the way of Your laws, we wait for You. It's a long four minutes, isn't it? There's something about that silence that at times is very unnerving to us. But more often than not, that's when God speaks the loudest. When the busyness of our lives and our schedules slow down enough for us to pay attention to what's going on around us. And I find that fitting because where we end with Isaiah 26.8 puts us in the right spot. So we say, yes, Lord. As we walk in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Then we end with this great reminder of why we wait. For your name and your renown are the desire of our hearts. Now that's a dangerous prayer. Because God plays no games with us. He's not impressed with, with half of a heart. He doesn't, he doesn't tell everybody, Hey guys, check it out, check it out, check out this offering they're bringing me. In fact, there's times that He looks at His people and He says, Listen, I've had enough of of the rams and the goats and the bulls because you don't give it to me because your heart isn't mine. Your heart's divided. And yet you think that's acceptable. And it's a good thing we're way better than those people in the Bible days, right? Somehow we will treat God in contempt for asking for all of us, for all of our heart, for all of our devotion. We think He's being unreasonable in those moments. And He's like, no. No, I deserve it all. I give life. I protect you. I provide for you. There's not a step that you take. There's not, there's not a breath that you take that I haven't provided for you. I know you more than anyone else ever will. I know the, the number of the strands of the head on the hair of your head. I know that. 
And not only do I know that about you, I know that apart from me, you are hopeless. And that's why I've sent my son to rescue you. So that the story of your life can be about my name and my renown being the desire of your heart. So here's the way we're going to do this last section. I would love for us to pray over each other that our hearts would be His. Simply His. And you realize that your hearts being God does not put you in conflict with all these other great places you want to take your heart. People will say, well, how can I be a good father or a good husband or a good mother or a good daughter if my heart isn't theirs? And the only place that it's safe is with Him. So that we would pray together over each other that the desire of our hearts would be His. And then we'll end up closing out. I'll just pray over us and dismiss us. Do that now. Yes, Lord. Walking in the way of Your laws, we wait for You, for Your name and Your renown are the desire of our hearts. That would be my prayer for us for this year. I'm not a big guy. I'm like, hey, what's your word for the year? <laughs> I pray that we would be people like the Apostle Paul, as he says in Second Corinthians, I, I came to you knowing nothing but except for Christ. And it's easy in these moments right here to say, okay, this is, I'm ready. Let's go. We've asked God to speak. We've, asked, we've told Him we would wait. We've told Him that He's the desire of our hearts. But it's more than just words that we're seeking here. That this year, as a collective body of believers, we would see God do some things that we get to the end of 2020 and we say, boy, we, we had no idea just how great He was going to display His power. But a healthy church begins with a healthy you. And in order for our hearts to be His, your heart has to be His. So our prayer is that we would be those kind of people. That we would as a body, celebrate when there's things to celebrate together. That we would mourn when there's things to mourn together. That we would not become satisfied with how casual we can do church, how comfortable we can try to do life with God. But that we would speak the glory of His name that we would speak the name of Jesus and healing would take place and death would come back to life 
and that we won't relent in our devotion, that we would be His and He would be ours. Let me pray for us. Our desire this week is to love God by. Let's pray and then we'll be dismissed. Father, we thank You that You love us. We thank You that we could take our whole selves to You. Our, our greatest moments of joy and our, and our greatest moments of pain, that both of them can be taken to You. And that You will care for us in the most perfect of ways. So Father, I pray You would raise up inside of us through the power of Your Holy Spirit, that You would raise up in us a desire to make You known. In our classrooms, in our hallways, in our offices, in our neighborhoods, on whatever sport team we find our kids on this year, we would make it our point to make You known to everyone we come across. And Father, I pray You would place inside of us this this burning desire of, of knowing when we are wasting those opportunities. Father, I pray we would be relentless people this year. That we would relentlessly pursue You and we would relentlessly make You known. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless. You're dismissed.